It is an honor and privilege to be here with you this morning, and uh, it is wonderful to see so many familiar and smiling faces. Happy Easter. He is risen. And you say, he is risen indeed. Would you turn in your Bibles to the 28th chapter of Matthew's Gospel? I'll read in English first, and then Pastor Tan will read in Mien. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and behold, he goes before you into Galilee. There shall you see him, lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them and said, O joy! And they came and held him by the feet, and worshipped him. ปอดนี้เนี่ยฝังเจ้ฮั่งบะลิงนอจังลุยโหบบแปะเนี่ยฮั่งซองนอจั่วเจ้าเนี่ยแปงเก้งกําเจียไห่ซินซินเจ๋
The Easter message is a message of joy and great hope. My wife Linda and I have been traveling for several months. We just arrived back a few weeks ago from India. When we were in India, we were privileged to uh, minister at a graduation for a college. We were involved in leadership conferences for men and for women. We even had the privilege of ordaining two young men to the ministry. We also had the privilege of traveling in the last months to my uh, home area of the United States, the Deep South. This reminds me of a story from my home area. I grew up in Cajun country in Louisiana. Let me tell you a story about two Cajun pastors. One was named Pastor Boudreau. And one was named Pastor Thibodeau. Those, those are two Cajun names. And one pastored the Baptist, side, Baptist church on one side of the street, and the other pastored the Methodist church on the other side of the street. And one day they decided they needed to put up a sign. And the sign said, now, I'm going to talk in a little bit of Cajun dialect. The sign said, stop yourself. Don't go no more. Turn yourself around. The end is near. So they finished putting up the sign. And a man came driving by in a truck. And he saw that sign. And he rolled down the window of his truck. And he started cussing and he started fussing. He said, you guys are religious nuts. All you talk about is the end of the world and Jesus coming back. And he rolled his window up and he kept on driving. In just a minute, they hear a scream. And the man says in an untranslatable Cajun word, And they hear the brakes of the truck. And they hear the horn of the truck, honk! And they hear a big splash, splash! And 
And Pastor Boudreaux, look at Pastor Thibodeau. And he said, Do you think we just should have put bridge is out on the sign? <laughs> well, the world that we live in, the bridge is out. The world is a broken place. I believe Jesus talked about the days that we are living in and the days shortly to come. In Matthew chapter 24, he said, Many false Christ will come. Wars and rumors of wars. And both of those things are happening around the world today. As I travel around the world, there are people that are looking for a Christ, a Messiah. In India, there are gurus upon gurus upon gurus. In the Muslim world where I travel, people are looking for the 12th Imam. The Bible also, Jesus also said there would be wars and rumors of wars. Tunisia, Egypt, Libya, Yemen, Syria, Afghanistan, Iraq, just to name a few. The, the Bible, Jesus also warned about famines. Hungry people and starving people. And in a, in a time when some countries have so much, others have so little. And the leading cause of death among, of mortality among children is starvation. Jesus warned of pestilences. One of the things that we did in India was minister to widows who were suffering from HIV. And then there are the pestilences that we are aware of that are man-made and radiation. Jesus also warned of earthquakes. The radiation and the earthquake tie together in the situation in Japan that the world faces. Haiti still suffers from the devastating earthquake that it experienced. We were not able to visit in Indonesia this year because of a giant 
volcanic eruption and earthquake. And Jesus warned of persecution against those who would believe in him. Since I was with you the last time, 120 plus people were killed in a bombing of a church in Alexandria, Egypt. There are two pastors that have attended our conferences in Egypt that are at home with Jesus now because they were killed in those explosions. Just since uh, March, uh, there were 13 churches that were bombed in Nigeria. Sixty churches were burned in Ethiopia. On March 10th and thereabouts, 4,000 Christians were forced to flee their homes in Nigeria because of persecution. We are living in the days and the days prior to the ones that Jesus spoke about in Matthew 24. So what is the message to us this Easter morning? In in the face of all of that gloom and doom, in spite of all of that reality, we can still rejoice and have hope because of Jesus. From the Easter story and the gospel story, I would like to share some of the reasons why we can rejoice and have hope. We can rejoice and have hope in Jesus because he preached his purpose very clearly. He preached his purpose that he was born to die. He was born to die for a purpose, to pay for sin. Jesus preached his purpose in his actions, in his deeds. At the beginning of his earthly ministry, John the Baptist was preaching in preparation for Jesus coming. John the Baptist was asked, Are you the Messiah? He said, No, 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 I am not the Messiah. The Messiah is coming, and I am not even worthy to unloose his shoes. He 
And the very next day, Jesus came to John the Baptist, who was baptizing people in the Jordan River. And John the Baptist spoke as he saw Jesus and said, This is the one! And then he made a dramatic statement about Jesus. He said this, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He was drawing upon, back upon a prophecy from 700 years before. It was prophesied in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 7 that the Messiah would suffer and die as a lamb to the slaughter. 700 years before Jesus, it was prophesied that he would give his life like a lamb gives his life quietly when it is slaughtered. Isaiah 53 says that the purpose of that death was that he was bruised for our iniquities, for our sins. The chastisement for our peace with God was upon him. Seven hundred years before Jesus, Isaiah prophesied, the Messiah would die for our sins. When Jesus heard John announce him as the Lamb of God, his response to John was, Baptize me. Why such a response? He was saying, John is right. He was saying, I am the one John has been preaching about. He was saying, I am the Messiah promised by Isaiah 700 years ago. So by the humble deed of allowing himself to be baptized, he said, I am the Messiah. He was saying, I have come to die. I have come to die for you and you and you and you and me. Jesus, as well, preached his purpose, his purpose to come to die with the words that he preached. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, he says this. 
The Son of Man is come not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Son of Man is Daniel the prophet's favorite designation for the Messiah. Again, this is six to seven hundred years before Jesus came. The Son of Man will pay the ransom for many. By his death, he will pay the price of sin. By his death, he will pay the penalty of sin for all men. So we can rejoice because Jesus preached his purpose. We have the hope of forgiveness and peace with God because Jesus paid for our sin. Sin separates us from a holy God. But Jesus has paid for those sins. So that when we place our faith in him, his payment is put on our account. And a holy God can accept us as his children. Rejoice and have hope. You cannot pay for your sins. There is only one Savior. He is not me. He is not Pastor Tan. He is Jesus Christ, the Messiah. The second reason we can rejoice and have hope this morning is that Jesus promised his resurrection. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four Gospels, Jesus said, I will be betrayed. I will be crucified. I will rise again on the third day. He promised his resurrection. The Gospels were written from uh, a period of time 20 years after Jesus' death to a period of time 60 years after Jesus' death. The Apostles never forgot Jesus promised his resurrection. The gospel is no gospel without the resurrection. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the apostle Paul says, I declare unto you the gospel. And then in verse 3 of chapter 15, he says, this is the gospel. Gospel means good news. 
It means the best news. It means our only hope for a right relationship with God. So what is that gospel? Simply this. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. Why is that so important? Because it shows he really died. And he rose again on the third day. Jesus died, was buried, and rose again for our sin. Paul further argues in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14. If Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. Our faith is empty and worthless. The resurrection gives our preaching meaning. It gives our faith that hope and it gives us salvation. Paul makes it even clearer in 1 Corinthians 15, 17. If Christ is not raised, your faith is vain. And you are still in your sins. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our sins are paid for. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we stand before God in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Salvation is not based upon how good I can be. But upon the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. He paid for our sins. He was raised from the dead. And the third reason we can rejoice and hope in Jesus is that his claims are proved. His promises are true. And it is proved for us by his resurrection. What did Jesus claim about himself? Who did he claim to be? He made it very clear. He claimed to be God. His miracles demonstrate this. In the Gospel of John, there are seven miracles. They demonstrate that Jesus is God. He turned water into wine in chapter 2. He is the Lord of quality. 
Those who drank the wine said it is the best. Water turned to wine. In chapter 4 of John's gospel, he demonstrated that he is the Lord over distance. He healed a nobleman, a rich man's son, from a great distance. As they looked at the timing, they looked back and said, From the time Jesus spoke the word from a distance, the boy was healed. In chapter 5, Jesus demonstrated that he was the Lord of time. He healed a man who had been crippled for years. And the man who had been crippled stood and walked away. In chapter 6, he proved that he was the Lord of quantity. He fed 5,000 people plus with loaves and fishes from a little boy. In chapter uh, 6, he demonstrated that he was the Lord of nature. By walking on the water. In the midst of a storm. In chapter 9, he demonstrated that he was a Lord of, con- of circumstances. He healed a man who had been blind from birth. He had never seen. And yet he saw clearly. And in chapter 11, he declared himself to be the Lord of life. A man by the name of Lazarus had been dead for three days. And Jesus stood at his grave and he spoke these words. Lazarus! Come and the man who had been dead for three days still bound in grave clothes walked out of his tomb and bore witness to the fact that Jesus is God. Not only by his miracles did Jesus teach that he was God, but by his word he taught that he was God. In John chapter 8, he was confronted and questioned by the religious leaders of his day. And basically they said to him, Who do you think you are? And Jesus said, before your father Abraham was, before he was ever born, before he ever came into being, I am. Jesus Abraham And when he said that, 
They picked up stones to stone him with. Why? Because they understood what he was saying. He understood that they understood that he was saying, I am the pre-existent one. I am the one who always was, always is, and ever shall be. He also, in that statement, identified himself with the God of the Old Testament. When Moses was commissioned of God to lead the people of Israel forth from Egypt, Moses said to God, Who shall I say has sent me? And God said to Moses, tell them this. I am hath sent you. I am. That's the name of God. The name of God who led Israel forth from Egypt. So when Jesus said, I am, he was saying in a way they could understand, I'm the God of the Old Testament. And again, they understood. How do we know they understood what he was saying? They reached down and picked up rocks to kill him with those rocks, to stone him for blasphemy. But Jesus proved who he claimed to be. By his resurrection. He proved as well what he claimed to do. You remember he said, the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many? The disciples believed that with all of their hearts. The resurrection empowered those frightened, uh, scared men who were hiding away for fear and those who were frightened became fearless. And they began to spread the gospel around the world. And the gospel spread across the Roman Empire. And it spread to India even through Thomas. 
And I have met people in India who trace their spiritual heritage back to the Apostle Thomas. And what did these early disciples of Jesus gain for preaching the gospel? Many of them were martyred for their faith. Paul was beheaded. Peter was crucified upside down. Thomas was torn in two by elephants. Yet they preached with nothing to gain in terms of earthly things. But with joy and hope because heaven was their home. Now there's one final thing I'd like to point out that we can rejoice and hope in this morning. Jesus Christ is returning. Jesus Christ is coming back. In John chapter 14, the Lord Jesus Christ promised his return. He was speaking to his disciples just prior uh, to his being crucified. And he said, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe also, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said... We do not know where you are going, and we do not know the way. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is coming again. I know that is true because he was raised from the dead. And he has prepared a home for us in heaven. God's people have looked forward to being at home with Jesus for 2,000 years now. I met a man in India the other day. He had suffered from leprosy. 
One of his eyes was blinded and you could see it. God has been gracious and healed him from the result from, from the leprosy at this point. But his eye is still blinded. He works in a leprosy hospital. He makes special shoes for those who need help in recovering from leprosy. He, he loves the Lord Jesus with all of his heart. On the wall of his shop hung a picture. It was a beautiful Asian mansion. I looked at that picture and I looked at him. And I said, is that your home? And he looked back at me. And he smiled. And he said, my home in heaven. He believed in that place that God has prepared for him. He believes that Jesus is coming back. I believe in that place today. I believe Jesus loves us all. I believe Jesus wants us to go home to be with him. I believe he's coming very soon. How would how can I believe such a thing? Because he is a God of promise. He promised he would rise from the dead and he did. <laughs> if he said he's coming back, he's coming back. If he said there's a special place prepared for you and me, there is a place beyond our ability to imagine. The Apostle Paul, in one other passage of Scripture, gives us a wonderful reason to hope in, his, in the coming of Jesus. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he says this. I would not have you to be unaware, brothers, concerning those who are asleep. That you sorrow not even as others who have no hope. For if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also who are asleep in Jesus will God bring with him. He's saying, what about, Paul is answering a question, what about our loved ones who've died before Jesus comes back? And he's saying, when Jesus returns, they're coming with him. 
是讲到门某某台，就这大流灯啊，到耶稣大一讲好，你不灵魂查进灵台。Listen to verse 15. For this I say unto you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who are asleep. 因此，要问你听那个，一站一步，步没步，啊，你说就就叫一步，你话就那个就安待我好，不坐将见一面，总没多明当，大明一面。What's he saying? Look in verse 16. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Our loved ones who are Christians. Who have died are already with Jesus. When you see him again, don't be hammy again. Don't be tired. Don't be tired. Don't see him again. Die now, die. It's a new living one. Don't tell Jesus you're mad. But when Jesus returns, by Jesus, die. You're going to he will raise their bodies first. Now, to know die means you see them. You're not dead. Jesus will put you in the grave. They will have a resurrection body, a glorified body. Now, am I seeing sin? To go in, you see to the new body. You see sin. An incorruptible body, a body that will never die. You see, that is living body. And then, after Jesus has raised them, Jesus will not die alone. He will snatch us up together to be with Him. You know, to be to die, you have to be with Him. You have to be with Him. Jesus is coming back. Jesus said, "I'm going to die." When I was in Louisiana uh, the other day, I visited a graveyard. This is a cousin of mine. And we stand, we're standing there at a grave, and then just moments later, my wife and I were standing at the grave. Do you see the gravestones? My last name is Isles. I L E S. That is my father's grave beside my wife. And then beside me is my grandfather's grave, Daniel Isles. My my name, I am his namesake. Yeah, 我怕你哦，因为我呢怕你翁哦，你翁你不是喊你翁咯。And my grandmother's grave. 我怕你姑娘啊，当哦。And over here, where you can't see, my great grandfather is buried in great grandmother. 连前面半点不忙，怕怕你翁太姑太哦。As I was leaving that graveyard, as I drove away, I began to cry. And I thought, why are you crying? And I realized there were tears of great joy. Because those graves are going to open. Those people that I loved. Will come forth. Because they believed in Jesus. Because He, Jesus, was raised from the dead. They will be raised from the dead. The Lord Jesus, who was raised from the dead, says, "Come unto Me." The Lord Jesus, who was raised from the dead, 
tells us that we can receive him by faith. The Apostle John said, He came, Jesus came to his own. And yet his own people did not receive him or welcome him or believe in him. But to as many as did receive him, there were some who did. And from that small sum, there are many around the world. He is the only Savior. No other religion has a Savior. There are examples, there are teachers. But as I have traveled the world and as I have studied the religions of the world, there is no other religion that has a Savior. This morning, the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to pay for our sins, who was raised from the dead as God and man, offers salvation, forgiveness, based upon what he has done. Hope and help in this world can come to you through Jesus today. All you need to do is open your heart to Jesus and ask him to be your Savior. Trust him and him Let's pray together this morning. If you would like to place your trust and faith in Jesus, pray along with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe in you today. I believe that you are God and man. I believe that you died on the cross to pray to pay for my sins. I believe that you were raised from the dead on the third day. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Please forgive me of my sins. Help me to be the person you would have me to be. I pray this humbly in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, the Lord Jesus heard your prayer. And he has come into your heart and into your life. And he has given you forgiveness and hope. And he wants to be your help for the rest of your life. God bless you and thank you.
Amen.